Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Set phasers. A highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Hello, Steph. How are thee? How art thee? We are well. Mm, please. Okay. <laughs> when you hold it up, it's just my face. I know. If I do it the other way, I'll have my face on it. But that's rarely the way I hold. I hold my mug. Mm-hmm. You hold your mug so you can see my mug if you like. Indeed. Well, welcome, listeners. What an episode! We have finally come to the end of <sighs> Star Trek Discovery season three. It's been epic. They said it couldn't be done. They said it shouldn't be done. But we did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. What a thrill ride this was. I had to watch it standing up. Uh, I watched, like, the first few minutes, I was like, oh, I sat down. And I was like, oh, ten. and then I was like, oh, no, this can't happen. I have to watch standing up. I have to walk away. I got to come back. They did such a great job of keeping the energy, like, so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the whole time. Oh, yeah. So exciting. It was, ah, oh, I loved it. There were so many moments. There were so many wonderful moments. So many moments. So many moments. Quotable moments. James Mason here. Quotable moments. Beautiful moments. Discovery moments. Um, let's run it down, I guess. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna run. We're gonna run, run. on this bad. Yes, boy. we want to talk about. Okay, it. so as you may recall, we ended the last episode. Michael had sent Stamets out of the window. Osiris was back on the ship. She had promised quote justice to Vance. They were about to blow their way out of the blockade, and they had just killed Rin uh, unceremoniously. And they were gonna use book to get information on how to get to the Veruba Nebula inside to the planet made of dilithium and the bridge crew led by tilly acting captain had staged an escape and gotten into the armory and gotten weapons and hooked up with the sphere data which had trans transported itself downloaded itself uh into the like worker little worker droids the the dot 20 dot 22s dot 23s 23 dot 23s excellent and she was like are you here to help us and she was like let's take back the she the computer which has a lady voice when it's not a machine a droid was like let's Let's take take back back the ship ship. uh so that's how that episode ended what i did a pretty good droid voice you did but i didn't think she had a super droidy voice she was quite normal oh she like let's take back the ship captain yes perfect that's true yeah you're right i wanted it to be let's take back that ship bleep blorp uh, okay. It's not Doctor Who. This is a different show. <laughs> well, they all they all run together in joy. All right. So Michael was captured right after she let Stamets out of the window by Spurs, as I like to call him, or Zara, if you want. Who cares? Because I hate him. And 
she's brought to the bridge. And so Vance is at headquarters, Admiral Vance, and he's trying to fire. He's about to fire on Discovery and the fleet, half of the fleet's coming back from Kaminar and the Viridian, which is Osiris' other ship, is on the outside of the protective bubble and is firing on the bubble so the Discovery can get out of the bubble. And, and Federation HQ is trying to fire on Discovery. Uh, all this is happening. And Michael's brought to the bridge as a prisoner and she, she convinces Osiris to let her talk to Vance. And um, Osiris, like, not really convinced because she thinks they can fight their way out. But then, actually, some uh, of the, like, the Vulcan, Vulcan Romulan... Navarre? The people of Navarre. I don't yes, know. Yes, I think so. Can we call them the Navarre? The Navarre from Navarre. Oh, okay, great. I forgot. All right, so the Navarre... That's where I'm going with. Yeah, the Navarre from Navarre. Yeah. Show up, and they add to the Federation's fleet. And so Osiris in a tight place, and... She's going to use the pesticide that I guess they use on Quajan to create like a deadly poisonous shrapnel field that will destroy all the ships and cause a big problem, which Michael couldn't bear. So she's able to speak to Vance and she's able to somehow convince Vance to let them go. She says, we won't let you down. I won't let you down. Just let us go. And Vance goes with his gut and Federation backs off. Discovery goes to warp. Meanwhile, Adira has arrived Remember, this is going to happen half on Discovery, half on the the hologram, the holo, hollow sweet thing that's happening on the planet or from the last episode. So Adira arrives in the Halo, has the medicine, and they show up and they give Saru and Culber the medicine. And also then Gray shows up and everyone can see Gray, as I predicted. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Gray is recognized by the, I guess, the holographic program mm. as a sentient life form, not like just some parasite. So that's kind of a relief. So now I don't need to worry about Adira being like puppeted by Gray. I don't know. We don't know. We just don't know what Gray was. Like, what was the deal? Um, in any case, they decide to split up. Saru is going to work on Sukal and try to get him to face whatever it is that he's chosen to avoid. And Culber and Adira and Gray are going to attempt to find a way out of the hollow program. And the medicine they've been given that Adira brought is going to give them a few extra hours on the surface, but they're both, they're all showing like signs of this radiation poisoning. Meanwhile, Osira and Zara have taken Book down into the sickbay and they're trying to get the information out of him. The truth serum that Aurelio has created is not working on Book. And Sarah wants to put a the neural blocker thing on Book. But as an empath, apparently it will cause some excruciating pain. Osiris shows up with Michael. They put the neural blocker on him, and he starts screaming bloody murder. In the offing, it's worth noting, even though this is a little side point, Aurelio like stands up to Osiris, like, we don't need to use violence. We can just wait for the serum to work. And Osiris literally chokes him out. <laughs> and uh Yeah. That was pretty brutal. I thought they I thought they had much more of a connection than that. She says, in fact, she says, I know your heart and you don't need to use violence. And she, in response, says, Orion hearts have six valves. Blood flows in both directions. They are so much more complex than human hearts. And she says, I'm genuinely fond of you, but make no mistake. I saved you because you were useful to me. And even when that ceases to be the case, the bond we have means that you and your family can live comfortably in a location of your choosing. But as he's like passing out in her chokehold, she says, break that bond again and you won't wake up next time. That's cold. Mm. 
and then they proceed to start torturing Buck. So meanwhile, Saru is on the on the in the hollow. He's beginning to break through to Sukal. He's sort of explaining what the burn is, what the Federation is. He's beginning to make Sukal understand that he is not just another hollow, that he is another sentient person from outside. But outside, those words terrify Sukal for some reason. Back on Discovery, Michael is able to fool them <laughs> uncannily into thinking that, oh, this is too much torture of her watching book. I mean, maybe she does think that. But she's like, oh, I'll tell you everything you need to know. Just let me talk to him. And Osiris starts to gloat. She's doing like a total baddie, like, uh, yes, you know, this doesn't need to go on like this. We can just get us the information that we need. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would love it if you voiced all villains from now on. Just give us something that we need. I would love to be a villain. Why are they always British? I suppose, to be fair, she's British-ish. She's British-ish? We discussed that. We did discuss it. British-ish. British-ish. Yes, and we... We ended up in an in dangerous territory, and I was trying to explain the T's and how uh, British people pronounce. Oh the yes, please don't remind me of that because I'm trying to keep it together. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> Michael goes over and she's like, "Book, I'm so sorry that you're in so much pain, and uh, it's so unfortunate because there's gonna be more of it." And then, boom, she throws up a force field, like a medical force field, separating her and Book from everyone else in the room. She breaks Book out of the neural blocker. And they run free. Using the stolen comm that she got from the other regulator, she's able to send a message shipwide. And it's a coded message. And it's like, it's not, wasn't the best birthday, but we did this thing and this thing. And everyone's like, who's that for? And Tilly's like, it's for me. Because Tilly's last birthday sucked. And they hung out in a nacelle tube, I guess, for hours and hours and hours, playing cards and drinking. And so Tilly realizes that Michael wants them to get to the nacelles and create some sort of explosion because that will cause an cell to disconnect and the ship will drop out of out of warp space. And so that's what Tilly's saying we got to do. Meanwhile, you got to know the bridge crew has been identified as doing their they're like trying to take back the ship on the lower decks. On the lower decks. I did literally write lower decks here. And Osira has been slowly venting the air from the lower decks so as to slowly suffocate them so they'll pass out and then die. So they're all, you know, struggling for breath, trying to figure things out. And they realize they have to get to the cells. They don't know how they're going to do it. And they say, this is going to be a suicide mission. Until he says, we can die here. Or we can die stopping Osira and saving the Federation. So, meanwhile, Hugh, Adira, Gray, on their search to figure out what's going on with the hollow, come back to one of the main rooms. And they see, like, the hollow starting to break down a little bit. But, uh... They can't go out there. Hugh's like, I went out there before and the radiation is much stronger. I got sick immediately. But Gray's like, I'm non-corporeal. I can go out there and take a look around. So Gray goes out there to look out on the verge of the holograph and he's able to see the ship proper and the planet and that the ship is about to basically infrastructurally just completely implode. Meanwhile, Hugh and Adira are able to trade theories about what exactly caused the burn. How did Sukal cause the burn? Hugh explains that... Sukal is something called a, quote, polyploid, I guess, ingestation. Something about the chromosomal makeup of, uh, like, the cells was affected by the radiation around him. And so he is connected to dilithium. But dilithium is not just a rock or just a mineral. It also has a subspace component. And so 
So Kyle's connected through subspace and his moods when he gets angry, like he did in the last episode, the screams, the shouts, the, 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 the emotion, the devastation travels through subspace like dilithium. So that's a thing. Hold on. This paper's in the wrong place. Okay. Page two. <laughs> the crew of the discovery is out of air. They're collapsing. Only Owo is able to breathe because apparently uh, wherever she was from on Earth, she had, by the time she was eight, she was very like experienced as like a free diver and can hold her breath for 10 minutes, essentially, in order to dive down to get food. So they give her the rest of the oxygen and they give her the makeshift bomb and like, you have to go finish the job. We can't even stand anymore. So Owo goes alone. And they can't give it to one of the drones, even though the uh, the droid drones, the Dot 23s, were able to help them because there's like a magnetic uh, thing inside the nacelles that would cause them to disassemble before they could do the job. So that's what Owo's going to do. Michael and Book are trying to get to the data core. And so they're like hijacking one of the turbo lifts. As they're hijacking the turbo lifts, they are approached by a bunch of regulators and spurs. So they do this whole thing. They open the doors to get inside, but they can't get the turbulence to go anywhere. And then they go to plan B, as Book says. So they go outside and Michael's on top and then the regulators come in and then they ambush him from the top and the bottom, but then they get pinned down inside the turbulence and Michael's like, I got an idea. I got to get to the data core. Cover me. And then Book shoot, 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 shoot. And Michael jumps out of the turbolift into the turbolift area, I guess, which was bahonkers. Can we talk about that? Yeah, talk about that was it. was so fun. It was so great. There's only been like one episode I could remember in TNG where it was the one where they were kids. Where they were made into children. That's right. When they were made into yeah. children and Picard mm -hmm. had to lead them through it and they had to kind of break out of the turbo lift. But we did not see that kind of infrastructure in the ship and like the turbo lifts yeah. moving independently of each other. Because I think with TNG, for some reason, because the lights kind of like go up and down and up and down we've got this impression that like the turbo lifts are just kind of moving up in these like tubes around like the ship elevators yeah. essentially yeah and this mm -hmm. was really cool like my i seriously nerded out to that this was bonkers i thought it was interesting because earlier in the season they did do like maybe even when book shows up from coming back from quajon or something like that they get into a turbo lift and they did like a very like deliberate depiction of the turbo lifts moving through this like crazy realm of like turbo lifts moving on fields mm -hmm. as opposed to through tubes. And I was like, that's cool. It's just a cool detail. But I didn't think that that meant Michael was going to swan dive out of the back of one onto the top of another one, hack it, open up the thing, swing down, continue to John McClane her way through discovery, knock the guy out with the two, two kicks and then hack the turbo lift to take her to the data core. So she manages to do that. However, she's left Book behind, and Book has to take on, I think, one or two regulators and Zara by himself. They're fighting in the in the turbolith, and the back door's open, and the front door's open, and the top's been all jacked up, and that's all happening. Michael gets to the core. Now, let me check my notes, because I'm so <laughs> excited that I might have forgotten to say something. Uh, no, great. Michael gets to the core, and she is like, at first, she seems like she's alone, but she's not. There's some regulators and Osira herself. She's like, oh, basically, Osira says, clever girl, essentially. And she's like, that's what I would do myself. And then Michael's like, oh, yeah. And then they fight. So now you got, Michael's fighting Osira. Book is fighting Spurs. And Owo is like, out of breath. She's the, the air is done. It's gone. No more air in the thing. 
Oxygen depleted. Gets to the thing. I can't breathe anymore. She gets inside the nacelle. Uh, she puts in the exploding thing. And she down to her knees. She's calling back. No air left. She gets right up to the to the force field. And then there's a dot 23 outside of it. And the dot 23 is like, you've got to get out of here. And she's like, you can't get past the force field. I out of breath. And Owa passes out. And the explosion happens. And Discovery is knocked out of warp. And we don't know what happened to anybody. But then we come um, right back to it. Uh, they're still fighting. It, the ship gets knocked all out all over the place. So everyone gets thrown. And the regulators and Book and Michael and Osira are all thrown hither and yon and tither and thither. Thon. Thither, tither and thither. Uh, thank you. Uh, and so uh, these things happen in rapid succession. There's some great one-liners. Book uh, is able to put away the one regulator, but he's not able to put away <clears throat> Zara very efficiently. However, Zara's on top of him. And of course, like the the second, the penultimate, the, the right-hand man, the hench, he's got to do his little, <laughs> I've got you right where I want you. And he says, who's going to make a bitter, bigger splat down there, do you think? You or that fat cat of yours, which is exactly what Book needed to hear. Because Book says, he says nothing. He just does like the thing and he gets up and he jumps up and he grabs the thing and he does a two- the two-leg kick thing where you kick somebody with both of your feet and then you fall on your back, but he knocks Zara out the door and Zara ah, falls and plummets to his death once again in the super cool um, turbo lift area, and he's dead, and Book gets up all bloody and blood in his lips, and it's still beautiful, but so beaten, and he says, she's a queen, which is great because we all know that Grudge is in fact a queen. And I have theories on Grudge, but I'm not going to go into it. Osira and Michael have a similar situation. Osira is able to, uh, Michael, who's very injured, she's been stabbed in the leg, her feet are all jacked up, she almost got sucked out into space, she's been fighting all these people. She, they're beat, like to a standstill, but Michael has got her back to the, one of the big terminal of like programmable matter, I guess. And Osira just uses her superior power to push Michael into the programmable matter, suffocating her. And then Osira's like, yeah, that's right. She walks away. She looks back just to make sure, just to make sure Michael's dead. And she's like, yeah, okay. She's dead. The music stops. There's silence. And Osira looks back one more time. A pew, 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 pew. And then Michael comes out of the programmable matter and vomits up some programmable matter. Pew, 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 And then Michael says, yeah, well, unlike you, I never quit. So back to business. Michael is able to do a hard reboot in the data core of the computer, reestablish life support, reestablish Discovery's, uh, um, Discovery's like home computer, and she's able to to uh, call. She says, any of the bridge crew that still are alive, meet me on the bridge. The crew wakes up, including, to my surprise, because I did, I did have a forever moment of terror where I thought that Owo had died in the explosion. But no, Owo also wakes up amongst her crewmates and looks over to see a dot 23 truly jacked up and burnt and half ragged. And she's like, you saved me. And the dot 23 says... It was my honor. Well, the way I hope it's, the way it will always say to my dreams is, it was my honor, Commander. And then it dies. The computer dies. So the crew is able, oh yeah, Michael also, she like um, transports every, all the regulators and all the chain people that are on the ship off of the ship. And so the crew has the ship back. However, 
When they fell out of warp, Osira ordered the Viridian to take the Discovery into its cargo hold because she didn't want to lose the ship. So now they have the ship back, but they're in the cargo hold of, of the Viridian. And even though Michael's put all the shields up, they're being fired upon internally by the Viridian that's trying to get back into the ship. Osira's dead, but the Viridian still wants the technology. Of course, it's the chain. But Michael has an idea. And she says, I've got an idea, Captain. Until he says, okay, great. Well, then implement it. And she basically does like a field promotion of Michael. She's like, you're the captain now. Um, she orders Michael to take over. So Michael has a, a, one of her very well-thought-out plans. Essentially, they create a warp core overload. They drop the core, creating a huge explosion. But while that happens, they take Book, who is an empath, but not like a normal empath. He's able to not just like read minds, but connect to the, to the species itself and Aurelio was in on this, that maybe that book can use his sweet, sweet space druidity to speak to the mycelia and help Discovery jump to location. Are we going to think about that too hard? No, because that ruins everything. It's just a magical moment. And Michael says, book, are you ready? And book says, always. Oh, yeah. And they send book down into the spore cube. And... They drop the core, and we see the Viridian explode. It's pretty dope, but we don't see what happens to Discovery. We just see that book is having a little bit of trouble getting the thing to work. Meanwhile, back on the planet, Sukal is finally ready to face his fear because the the, the crew that's there, uh, uh, Hugh, Adira, uh, Gray, and Saru. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep all these people in my mind. They're like, we're with you now. You're not alone, but you've got to face your fear through that door. You've got to face the kelp monster. So they go through the door with the kelp monster, and Sukal is able to go there, and he shuts down the hollow program, and they see the the ruined bridge of the ship, and uh, Tall, unfortunately, uh, Gray Tall, I wrote Tall, but Gray, basically, who is only there, only visible because of the hollow program, is worried about the fact that um, he will cease to exist, I guess. And uh, and Culber makes a promise that with Adira and Stamets, they will figure out a way to get Tall back. So we'll put that on the docket for season four, am I right? And uh, the hollow gets shut down, but then Sukal asks the computer to show him what he saw here all those years ago that gave him so much pain. The quote of which I've saved for quotable moments is, possibly my favorite thing that anyone has said on Star Trek ever, but mm -hmm. neither here nor there. Uh, it's a hollow of him seeing his mother die and he gets upset and he causes the burn essentially. And that's what we figure out. Meanwhile, Disco has been able to do their maneuver using book as the pilot of the spore drive. They show up and they're able to get the away team away. And that is like the end of the main trunk. That's basically the end of the season. We get a little bit of an epilogue. We see Paul reunited with Hugh and Adira and presumably Gray somewhere in the ether. Michael's sort of happy about this, but Paul is not forgiven her, obviously. We see uh, Owo and Reno are able to restore the Dot 23 that gave its life to save Owo's, and they're very happy about that. Uh, we see that the Trill have decided to join the Federation and that the Nivar are considering joining the Federation, which is pretty great. We see Saru on Kaminar with Sukal. He's, he's there to help Sukal adjust to real life outside, gazing up at stores. Yes, as you can see in Steph's 
Beautiful shirt. Stars. Stars. And then finally, Michael has been called down to see Vance, and on her way, she runs into uh, Lieutenant Sahil, who we met in the very first episode. That hope is you, guy. Yes. And oh, yeah. yeah, he says, you found your way home. And she goes, yes, I did. And he's all suited up, so he made it. And then Michael goes to see Vance, and Vance says, hey, you know, you didn't do it the way I wanted you to do it, but you did it your way because I have my theories. But Michael's essentially a James T. Kirk-style captain. Which we got from that little that little moment between Michael and Zara when he said, this is a no-win situation. And she says, I don't believe in those. I don't believe in those. I don't believe in those. And her other quote, big quote was, unlike you, I'd, I'd never quit. <laughs> so she's, she's Kirk to a T. But like mm. a little, but less like. Well, no, she likes to throw down with the with the love interest a little bit, just not maybe not quite as as flingy and promiscuous as Kirk was, because he was just like babe of the. It week. was the sixties. Okay, fine. You, you no need to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember them, you weren't there. Am I right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she is promoted to captain mm-hmm. of the Discovery, and and every and she shows back up on the ship with her four pips. And everyone is wearing the new uniforms and they say captain on the bridge. And I stood up and I saluted and she sits in the chair and they have a bunch of things that they have to do. Uh, and uh, she sits back, she gives her command, which is let's fly. And that is the end of season three of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. What was that? It was just brilliant. It was great. Stort to finish. So. So much. So so much. So much. What a season. What a season it was. Um, I was just thinking about this earlier today because mm. it begins, like Michael says in the voiceover at the end, it's all about connections and disconnections. But this, yeah. this season started with everything so very disconnected, not only physically and temporally, Mm. But in, in almost every capacity, I mean, we have Michael literally disconnected from Discovery and Discovery disconnected from its past. And we have um, Giorgio disconnected from her universe. And we mm. have uh, we have um, Adira uh, and Tal disconnected from the, the uh, symbiont. And we have... Uh, Detmer disconnected from the crew itself, and it's all these 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 connections are slowly they're like a a helix spiral that slowly starts further apart. And as it the season progresses, everything comes to a beautiful point, asymptotically connecting onward into the future. I thought it was beautifully done. Mm, it was, and the connection with Discovery back to the original Star Trek with all of those little references that they had with the Gene Roddenberry quote at the end. Yes, with the like Gene Roddenberry. The music, the mm-hmm. outro music that was Star Trek, uh, the original series. The original series, yeah. Yeah, and then that piece of music as you're finishing. They played the the original sort of like, you can hear the, the sort of um, beautiful yeah. tape hiss and everything on the, yeah, on which are the theme song for Set Phase, which mm-hmm. was based. And yeah. really beautiful. I know a lot of people were disappointed that the cause of the burn wasn't me, Mr. Bad Guy, or something like that. Did we figure out, so you know the piece of music that everyone seemed to remember, did we figure out? No. Well, hmm? we the only service paid to that was that the music was an encoding of the distress signal from the ship. 
Oh, okay. But yeah. that was one thread I thought was not quite adequately sort of yeah. summed up. I, in fact, in this watching this episode, I kept thinking like, maybe they're gonna. So we're gonna hear that lullaby that, that yeah. she right. sung to him or something. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, but yeah, that did not seem to happen. I could go listen and see if they hid the figure in the score Wagner style. Um, that could be interesting. But uh, otherwise, I think everything else was sort of like beautifully put together. And I honestly was like, this is the, the only way to really have Michael assume captaincy. Mm, yes. Without uh, giving short shrift to the other, to like Saru or someone else who should be captain from the future or something like that was for Michael to go through the crucible that she's gone through in the last two, three episodes. Uh, and I also appreciated that we talked about this early on, but they sort of abandoned this approach that it was in the first few episodes, first half of the season, even I would say they were going with the very traditional star Trek, like episodic, go somewhere, solve a problem, mm-hmm. finish things up. And I thought it was nice that they wove that into these last few episodes, which yeah. have been basically back to back yeah. to back to back. But all that was sort of connected mm. to the end material. Yeah. Very elegant. Very elegant. Very and elegant. exciting. Thrilling. It was indeed thrilling. Oh, well, now that we don't have tinfoil time because there's nothing to tinfoil about, really, is there? Well, I mean, Do of course, I have so many theories about what's going to happen next season but i mean I we'll save that for next week shall we okay we yes, have a special right. episode next week where we're kind of recapping yes. the season and just ch- chatting yes. about everything in general so we're not going to leave you guys yet and then no. we're discussing what we'll, we'll tell you what we're going to do next week now that disco is finished yeah one of us may rewatch all 13 episodes in the next week just for giggles yeah some some of us have that kind of time some of us some of us stay up late mm, doing indeed. the doing the work others refuse to do like watching 13 hours of Star Trek. <laughs> but yes, we'll, we'll come to that. Yeah. Sky says, why didn't we get to see a family Saturday morning moment of book, Michael and Grudge eating cereal at the end? Probably watching cartoons, I'd imagine. That's a fair I mean, point. that would have been nice. But, you know, there. I think there's going to be some, there are some complications. Like, what is Book's position? Right? Mm. Is he going to be able to carry out a relationship with Michael? Only if he remains as sort of like an unattached attache. But of course, not getting to the material that we're going to talk about next week, but just dip my toe in a little bit. There's obviously still this courier network. The Emerald Chain is not completely gone because Osira is gone. So there's still a lot to work through there. Um, okay. But yes, I would love to see Grudge and Michael and Book have breakfast in their nook. Book's nook. Book's nook. Book's nook. Okay, so quotable moments from this episode? Quotable moments. And then after quotable moments, we shall uh, have... Have a little surprise. Oh, yeah. Steph has been telling me that there's a surprise involved today. I don't know what it is. For all of our listeners, as well as you. For Apple, all of our listeners. No one knows what it is yet. So Literally, only you know. I know. It's great. So excited. You have all the power. You have all the power. Oh, I love power. Uh, okay. Well, I gave you that great ice-cold Osira quote, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was nice. Tilly's quote about we can die here or we can die trying to stop Osira. I very much enjoyed um, what Saru says to Sukal before he takes that final step uh, into the the room where he can turn off the program. He says, even in fear, Sukal, you can still step forward. And then, of course, as I alluded to, my favorite line, maybe it's just how I feel these past few days, but I loved Sukal saying, oh, computer, 
show me what I saw here so I can be free. Mm. That's like, I love that so much because I would probably write that and be like, that's a song right there. <laughs> uh, did you have any favorite quotes that I didn't uh, rush through? No, I mean, I think I already said it earlier, but you know, there's th- this is a no-win situation. I don't mm-hmm. believe in those. And I just loved it right. for the throwback to the Kobayashi maneuver. Or the mm-hmm. Kobayashi uh, Maru. Maru. Not maneuver, sorry, thank you. Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru. The test. The test. The, the test you can't win, but not Michael. Not Michael. Only by cheating. Mm. So yes, those, that was mine. Mm-hmm. And Let's Fly. Um, I like that. Oh, Let's Fly was great. Yeah. When she sat back, I kept thinking... In those last few minutes, I guess I realized later that the running time of this episode was like five or six minutes longer than usual. It's like an hour and change that they were just going to be like, we're not going to tell you what it's going to be. Like when he said, like, I need to know your answer if you're going to be a captain and I need to know that answer right now. And they like close up on Michael's face. I was like, they're going to they're going to they're not going to let us know till next season. But then they cut to her. And then when she sits back in the chair and she's about to say her thing, I was like, are we not going to hear it till next season? Then they gave us a let's fly. It was all very satisfying. There were no real cliffhangers. The cliffhangers are all these like dazzling threads that just need to be wrapped up. So next season can start anew. Indeed. All right. All right. Can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah, it's time for the surprise. Okay. I don't really know how to introduce this, but I wanted to say a big thank you to Aki for being such a wonderful co-host the work that you put into oh, this is phenomenal um all of all of the writing but most importantly to you guys because if you didn't listen we would actually probably still do the show but it would be much less fun so mm-hmm. this is a huge thank you to everyone who's listened to the show um and been supporting us on on our our mission um for the last six months or so my goodness so oh hi it's all the set phasers listeners. Well, hi, Doug Jones here, the tall, skinny, goofy actor guy who plays, well, lots of monsters and creatures and rubber bits in many movies and TV shows, but most notably to you, uh, uh, a bunch of Trekkies that I love and adore, I am Captain Saru from Star Trek Discovery. Oh, that has been such a treat for me to play Saru uh, low these three seasons now. Um, and so thank you for sticking with us this entire time. And as we, as we now approach our season finale of season three, um, boy, you've been on quite a ride with us this year. So I want to thank you personally for going on that ride with us and also, uh, for going on the ride with, uh, set phasers the into this entire time as well. I'm sure that, uh, that, uh, uh, the, the, those two hooligans who run that podcast are really grateful for you too. Like I am. Um, uh, so now, you, you know, I, uh, you have seen me go on quite a ride, uh, becoming Saru and, uh, bringing the Kelpian species to life for the first time in all of Star Trek lore. Terrifying prospect when I was offered this in the very beginning, because I thought, oh no, what if I get something wrong? What if I, mm, I know there's a lot at stake here because, uh, when you're, yeah, I, I wanted to help create a species that would, find its place in uh, Trek canon that, you know, that would be beloved and hopefully remembered forever and ever. No pressure there at all. <laughs> uh, but so uh, so the writers have helped me quite a bit, of course. And um, 
and the boots helped me quite a bit too, believe it or not. You know, when I was when I was first offered this this role, I was told that kelpians are a prey species on our home planet, and that we were, uh, you know, being kept under the thumb of these this baul uh, species that was like our our predators, and uh, that they kind of fed on us and that they culled us and and you know then of course we get go go through Vaharai and they have had us they have manipulated us into believing that's the end of our life and there's no reason to live beyond that because we'll just go mad and crazy and and uh, and and the pain will be will overcome us so they they do do mercy killings we all bought into it and come to find out I'm the first kelpian to get away from Kaminar so I found out on my own on a starship that with no baul there to cull me that my threat ganglia fell out and life goes on way longer than, than I was told. So isn't there a life lesson in that somewhere for all of us? I, I know I personally have learned so much and, and gained so much from playing Saru. I'm a worry wart and a, and a, and a, and an, I'm, I'm have my own bouts of anxiety and uh, fear uh, anxiety uh, throughout my entire life. So playing Saru and going on this journey with him as he pushes that aside and carries on with his responsibilities and, and his sense of duty and his sense of, of care for those who depend on him, uh, that has taught me a lot about, about dealing with fear in general. And then when his threat ganglia, he goes through Vaharai and finds out that like, you know, most of the things he was afraid of all his, all of his life just don't matter anymore, not afraid at all. I learned something from that too, that all the circumstances that surround us in life that, 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 uh, that we react to, that we kind of have a choice often. We often have a choice in how we react to that thing. Um, I have often chosen to react in fear, like, oh, or fear of the unknown, or fear of like, well, what if? What if I make the wrong choice here? Ah. And Saru uh, now is, is, is saying like, yeah, no, that's not a big deal. Uh, we can get through this. Love that. So in the day and age that we're in now, uh, the season of life that we're in now, uh, we need that fearless, stick to the task at hand, forge ahead mentality more than ever. Uh, so I take my cue from Saru. And uh, thank you so much for going on the ride with me and supporting me as, as your captain this season. It has been an absolute pleasure and a joy. So as you go into the season finale, uh, we wrap things up, uh, and uh, so you'll see me once again in, in human form in the hologram program, and we'll see how that plays out and how that rectifies and, uh, and what, what happens to precious, precious Sukal, bless his little heart, uh, and can we, can we get him safely uh, out of the nebula and, and back, uh, hopefully we'll get him back home to, to the home planet of Kaminar. That's, that's my goal anyway. So, anywho, love love, love to all of you. And may I say with some authority, even though I'm not Vulcan, live long and prosper. And even more importantly now than ever, love long and prosper. And keep listening to set phasers because they're dedicated more than I am to the, to the whole Trek universe. Oh no, trust me on this. I, I believe that. All right. Love, 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 enjoy. Well, what a coup. There you go. That was great. Holy moly. Kid. I almost cursed just then. That was very sweet. Dad yeah. I, oh, it was lovely. I can't believe he spent, and I, I got, I actually got really teary when I saw that for the first time and I welled up again now. 
But I couldn't believe he spent nearly, you know, five and a half, nearly six minutes doing that. I honestly thought he was just going to do like 30, 40 seconds, but what time and effort he put into well, that. I'm, I'm that so grateful and what a guy. Yes. What a guy. That was fantastic. Are you speechless, Aki? No, I always have something at the ready, but uh, <laughs> and I have nothing pertinent. That was really, it was quite a surprise. Yeah, it was so cool. I, I also was like, oh, sweet. First, I was shocked that it was Doug Jones. Then I was like, oh, he's probably just going to be like, hey, guys, thanks so much for checking it out. But I love that he went through the storyline of the evolution of Saru from terror and and apprehension to uh, the assumption of duty and fearlessness or courage, not fearlessness, because as he says in, in, the, in the episode, in one of my favorite quotes, even in fear, you can still step forward. Uh, I think that's just great. Anyway, that was super sweet. Oh, yes. I love that he went and did that and tied it back to perhaps these difficult times that we are living in. Indeed. I believe that was filmed on Wednesday. Yeah. I'm sure he seemed like he was really trying not to spoil the the episode for us. He was like, <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, uh, anyway, maybe that'll happen. But that was great. Yeah. It's amazing that he did that because, so- uh, I think they're already taping season four. I'm I'm sure he's like, there's even more spoilers that he's trying to avoid. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think at the end he would go back to Kaminar and take a, possibly a sabbatical from the ship. Because um, when he said at the start, you know, Captain Saru and blah, 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 I thought, oh, okay, cool. That's how we'll continue. But what a surprising episode and a lovely way to finish it. Yeah. He he is he has been promoted officially to the level of captain, uh, whether or not he's the captain of the Discovery or not. But we'll see what happens uh, in season four. Another interesting thread to pull on next season. Yes. Well, on Star Trek Discovery. Well, as for next. Mm. Speaking of next, let's talk about next time. Let's do that. Next time on Set Phasers. Next time on Set Phasers, we two hooligans, as Doug Jones has officially called them. He couldn't read our names in time, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, don't don't even go for it. Just just hooligans works. Uh, he's liked enough of our, <laughs> our stuff to know that that's correct. He, he has liked a lot of our stuff. Yeah. Uh, we will be discussing just this whole beautiful season three. Maybe we'll be doing discussing a few of the tie-ins that come from season two and season one that bring us here to season three. But it seems like a very good ending place to sort of wrap things up and some of the character development. Everyone's gone on such a huge journey. But uh, yeah, so next next week we'll be talking about all that has come from the, That Hope Is You Part 1 to That Hope Is You Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the 11 hours betwixt. Um, if you have enjoyed us, then thank you for joining us. If you enjoy the program, you can catch us every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live or as a podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you get it, please, 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 please rate. And yeah, please, please give us a review. We would love to hear what you think of the show. Tell your friends, obviously. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Set Phasers Podcast, so feel free to follow us and you know join in the conversation of all things Trek. I will be posting that video of Doug Jones to the page very, very shortly, and you can share away with your pals and say, "Hey, I watched this podcast. Doug Jones is on it," and this is what he said. So, and yes, if that moves you to support us on our continuing mission to discover what Discovery has in store for us, 
we'd only be delighted. You can patronize us, we can take it, by going to patreon.com slash setphasers. Well, until next time, I'm Steph Manns. And I... I am Aki Vermees, and this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek. You're such a ham. Computer. Who? End program. Some say ham. Mm.